You're listening to Once, Episode 4, The Price of Gold. Welcome back to our Once Upon a Time podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Dan Flynn. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Jenny. Lewis. The Lewis is implied. (laughs) We are so happy that you are joining us again for another episode of our podcast about Once Upon a Time. And this time we're talking about episode four from the TV show. The episode is entitled The Price of Gold. I'll read the synopsis to you guys real quick. This is from TV.com. It says... Emma tries to aid a young pregnant woman who is escaping from Mr. Gold. Meanwhile, in the fairy tale world, Cinderella regrets making a deal with Rumpelstiltskin. What did you guys think overall, like your overall review of this episode and this story? Jeremy? It kind of wasn't my favorite episode. It wasn't terrible. I mean, it was it was good. It just wasn't my favorite so far. Dan, what did you think? I sort of agree with Jeremy. Uh, definitely was expecting more more play on the last characters we've already been introduced to and answering some of our questions. I'm glad they introduced new characters um, because it can go a lot further than what we originally anticipated, but I was expecting or hoping for a lot of other answers to be, or questions to be answered. (laughs) Jenny, what did you think? I liked being introduced to a new character. Like up until now, we've known about, we've been learning about Snow White. So it was nice to get to know Cinderella a little bit. And I think there is a question that this episode does answer that comes from the pilot episode is how did Rumpelstiltskin end up in prison? Right. This is the first time we've seen him not imprisoned in the fairy tale world, right? Yes. I believe. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's pretty cool to see how he was captured and, get that question answered. Although I think it does raise other questions about the whole process. And then like Jenny said, uh, meeting Cinderella is cool. And by the way, I think the actress they they got to play Cinderella fits the role perfectly. She fits the shoe perfectly. Oh my. (laughs) Because, and don't take this the wrong way, please, but she can have that plain made look, (laughs) but yet she can also look like a princess when decorated up all nice. So, and she fit, she fits the part really well of like what we remember from the Disney Cinderella looking like, you know, the blonde, the the shape of her face and everything. True. I kind of I had almost the opposite reaction. I thought she was kind of an odd choice for Cinderella. Really? At least in the beginning scenes, I kind of I think it was better later on. I think for me, it was kind of the way she was looking at the dress and everything. She just kept raising this eyebrow, and I thought it was the weirdest <laughs> reaction. She's like smiling at it, but the eyebrow is just kind of like, well, what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, like you're doing right now. <laughs> I had to talk about my reaction to Snow White, actually. To Snow... Oh, I know. yeah, she was in this. Okay. Yeah, very... She was well, in actually, it's... Um, at first, I didn't like who they picked for Snow White, but as soon as I saw her next to Cinderella, I thought she was perfect. Mm, she had that perfect heart-shaped face, like very <laughs> round and very broad and kind of flat. And Cinderella had a long, 
petite face. So I thought they fit really well. Oh, that's together. interesting. Yeah, Snow White coming into the scene, snatching Cinderella away from her <laughs> just, you know, pronounced husband. At like, the wedding sorry. reception. I know this is a carefully arranged dance where we all trade around, but I'm just going to jump in here and throw everybody off and leave some guys then, standing yeah. off away. <laughs> it is fun to watch that guy just kind of stand there. The guy in the purple. Yeah. Snow White invented disco. He eventually just walks off. But, well... We, we've now approached this now from the Cinderella's eyebrow perspective, really high up. <laughs> but let's now take this into a more in-depth perspective of the episode and talk about the fairy tale world and the modern world of this. But before we even get into talking about the two worlds, <laughs> let's mention, uh, I want to talk about the opening monologue. And I'm not sure if they started doing it this way with the fourth episode or maybe the third episode. But I think this monologue hints at the fact that it is Regina, or Regina is someone who knows about the curse in modern world, and she knows all these details. We've talked about this before, theorized about who actually knows. Does Regina know? Does Mr. Gold know? Who knows? And listen to this opening (laughs) monologue. (laughs) There is a town in Maine. I'd like a room. Welcome to Storybrooke. Where every storybook character you've ever known is trapped between two worlds. The evil queen sent a bunch of fairy tale characters here. And now they don't remember who they are. Victims of a powerful curse. Everything you love, everything all of you love will be taken from you. Only one knows the truth. There, when they say that, they're showing Regina holding henry's book once upon a time and she's looking into a mirror as they say only one knows the truth so i think that they are in that way hinting at regina's knowing the truth and then it continues right after they say that maybe they just want you to suspect that like to throw you off the scent of what's really like who really knows the truth but then the the structure of the sentence continues with this next bit and only one can break her spell (laughs) Only one can break her spell, kind of referring back to the previous subject, which is the one who knows, which in this case, I think it's saying is Regina. So they want us to think. Or they think, because this could be ABC's marketing department who wrote it, and they have no idea what's really going on. (laughs) Well, Rebel Silskin has already told us that Emma's the only one who can break the spell. So if you're saying that, that they're the same people... Then Emma's the one who knows, and Emma is also the one who can break the spell. That could be. Yeah. That, yeah. Even starting off with the Only beginning of the show, the Henry knew, Regina knew, presumably, we think, or we thought, I'm not sure. And it wouldn't be the first time that ABC's marketing department had written things to go with a promo of some kind that confused even the executive producers of the show who knew what was going on i think so far the only one who knows is henry and henry's clearly not a her (laughs) (laughs) and he's also not the one that enacted the curse yeah that's right i suspect they're talking about henry Hmm. could be or they don't know. Well, now let's get into this. Let's <laughs> start still by writing. <laughs> let's well, start by the writers talking about the fairy tale world. Now, Jenny, earlier you said that there was something that really disturbed you, or yes. you had some idea. Why don't you tell us about that now? I was disturbed because Rumpelstiltskin completely 
<laughs> ruined the story of Cinderella. <laughs> he did. I mean, he killed the fairy godmother. Boom. <laughs> yes, boom. <laughs> Obliterated. So I have a theory that as soon as this curse is lifted from Storybrooke, everything will be put to right. And Rumpelstiltskin will be no more. Well, maybe not no more, but everything that he's done will be undone. It, it could be kind of like Superman, how after he saves the world, then he flies around the earth several times backwards <laughs> and brings time back. And somehow the bad guys aren't still trying to destroy the world again. Hmm. Huh? You Was lost that, me at Superman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Was that Cinderella's eyebrow level too? <laughs> <laughs> we'll rate the stretches on number of cinderella's eyebrows yeah that might have been a stretch in and of itself so what you're saying though um yeah it's obviously not the way the story went yeah but it does raise some eyebrows. really <laughs> <laughs> some really interesting points because the fairy godmother is there. She's going to make everything better. Boom. <laughs> but I love the fact that she just went boom and obliterated that quickly because it's like, oh, what was nice, it that Dan. you called? What was it that you called the explosion, Dan? You said it looked like magic blood. Oh, yeah. Magic blood going magic everywhere. Blood. But yeah. I mean, fairy dust. Here's what I thought. Cloud. Oh, there's Cinderella. Oh, typical. Here comes fairy. Oh, typical, she wants everything that every girl wants. Oh, typical, fairy grants wishes. <laughs> Boom! Whoa! Whoa, what's happening? This story can't go on the way we've heard it a thousand times because right. she's not there. And I liked, I mean, the message was very strong. You would like that. You're a guy. You like explosions. <laughs> well, I love that. Like, oh. It is an awesome screenshot, too. <laughs> yes, How especially in slow-mo. Uh, they have the different stages of the explosion in still frame. It's ridiculous. It's my wallpaper. How do you get a guy to like a fairy godmother in a story? Blow her, Blow her up! <laughs> so, I mean, there's no way they can continue on with the way we've always yeah. expected it to. My I, theory is the, the current um, fairy tales that we have are a product of post Storybrooke. Ooh, mm. I like that theory. <laughs> now, something important happens is that the the um, the fairy godmother goes puff, and then she no, drops. No, no, nope. she goes boom. boom. Yeah, sorry, she goes <laughs> boom and puff, and, and drops <laughs> her wand, and then Rumpelstiltskin steps into the scene and picks it up, and that's where we hear this line. Do you know what this is? Pure magic. Pure evil. Trust me. I've done you a favor. All magic comes with a price. That is a reoccurring line. Yes. Like, that is starting to be a reoccurring line for him. For this episode, actually. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Whenever we're in fairy tale land, we hear that line a lot. All magic comes with the price. There are two things there. And actually, the fairy godmother said something even before she went boom. She said, this wand has the power to take you to the ball. It wasn't, it's not her. She didn't say, I have it. She said, this wand. Then she goes boom. Mm. And then he steps in because he wants the wand. He says he did it because he wanted the wand. And... That was a very accurate shot, too, by Rumpelstiltskin to destroy her completely, not leave any remnants, and keep the wand in fully intact. Mm-hmm. Shot. What You're if she implying was... that he shot something. We don't know he shot uh, anything. What if true. she was wearing something else magical? Why, didn't, why did he blow that up? <laughs> <laughs> like she was holding the wand. What if she had something magical in her pocket? 
<laughs> then it's gone. Just saying. <laughs> I also like too, by the way, where when he says, do you know what this is? And she says, pure magic. She doesn't just say like, oh, that's pure magic. Her face, her facial expressions, like immediately um, yeah. get this interest in greed and that's pure magic. It's I mean, like holding a plate full of cookies in front of a child. Or me. And she, she had this moment of, you killed my fairy godmother, but it was almost with as little distress as... You just stepped on my rose bush. She forgot all about her fairy godmother. <laughs> yeah, then she just she she's all like, a new one. like changed my life. I don't care if you just killed my fairy exactly. godmother. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Cinderella was really annoying to me right from the beginning. But a question <laughs> in this is started with the eyebrow, didn't it? It did. <laughs> or maybe that was why the eyebrow ticked me off because I was already like this little person doesn't uh, even care about this that she's making a deal happily with a murderer rumpelstiltskin picks up the wand and he says now he's got what he wanted why did he want the wand he wanted to go to the ball because he's i think he is um greedy for power yeah that's what i was gonna say too he's on a power trip wait if he or something if everybody goes to him for their magic and and he's like the the one to go to if they need something done and he always knows all the magic and he's behind the curses and like what about um he's like trying to accumulate all other people's magic like he doesn't want anybody else to have magic but himself Mm -hmm. so that he becomes completely powerful and i theorize that he we're going to see rumpelstiltskin trying to involve himself in every fairy tales right uh character's life Hmm. Uh, that the episodes coming that maybe we're going to see somewhere along the way he has a part in snow white and prince charming somewhere along the way um jiminy cricket somewhere along the way uh red riding hood and all of these other things i think that's going to be one of the twists that they take with the fairy tales and like jenny pointed out that maybe it's what we know as like post storybrook and all of this Mm -hmm. so i think we'll see him tie in more with everyone's history as he's trying to get power over everyone so that then that power over everyone somehow transitions into the modern world and that's why he owns the whole town well they also said too in the intro they don't say caught into a different world they say caught between two worlds so although the curse is supposed to put them in our world I mean, once again, it could be ABC's marketing, just playing something that sounds really cool and gets everybody to watch immediately. But I mean, I'm wondering if they're not really in, it's like they have to, what they start believing within the next episodes will define which world they ultimately live in. Wait, between two worlds makes me think of like between two realities it makes and fairy me tale realities. In a world, <laughs> only one man, I mean, somebody knows the truth. I, I, I maintain it's just ABC. <laughs> and by the way, if Rumpelstiltskin does go in all these different characters, if he makes the wolf go poof in Little Red Riding Hood, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> or what if he Wait, somehow... Why? why? What if he somehow no. gives the wolf the power to be what it is in Little Red Riding Hood? Hmm... Um. I don't know. Yeah, what I do know is I ordered the Grimm or just about ordering the Grimm fairy book thing from Amazon <laughs> and I'm going to read all of them and every other if listeners, if you have other ones to suggest, let me know because I want to read all the fairy book tales and see and how fairy book tales. 
<laughs> How do you say it? Fairy tales? Uh, you can say it that way. I'm so used to saying Storybrook. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, by the way, listeners, uh, we do want your feedback. Call in to 903-231-2221, or you can email feedback at oncepodcast.com. And as we mentioned screenshots or certain things, we're going to try and have all of this stuff in the show notes as well. So the screenshots and stuff will be at oncepodcast.com slash four will be the show notes for this episode. All right, so moving on. Uh, so let's let's stick focusing on fairy tale land. Cinderella goes to the ball. Well, even before that, she signs a contract. Yes. Oh, yeah, we do need to co- talk about the contract. Rumpelstiltskin, I believe, has led her to believe that she's going to be handing over some material possession, such as like jewels or something. Because he mentions that she'll have riches beyond... What What are the... Ex- riches beyond measure, I oh, think yeah. he said. So we're expecting him to ask for riches, like some of those riches. Well, again, she was stupid. She didn't read the contract. Exactly. He pulls this big old contract out, talks all about what it's going to cost her, and she just signs it and gets her dress and her slippers and raises that eyebrow in delight, <laughs> and off to the ball she goes. <laughs> I like Annoying. how they kept the glass scissors, uh, glass slippers, <laughs> glass scissors, <laughs> the glass slippers too. So it's like, oh, he's trying to be somewhat original and keep to the the original story. But yeah, he said, what was it? He said, every story needs a memorable b- detail. Yes, a memorable detail. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Yeah. So we jump. I don't think we actually saw that ball though, did we? That she went to no. that night. No, we didn't. We didn't see, we didn't have to go through the whole pumpkin ordeal. Right. All he said was uh, something like, and pumpkin ordeal. And watch the clock. <laughs> yeah, he said watch the clock. He implied all that stuff was still going to happen, but we get to skip all of the rest of the story that we know. I say get to, but <laughs> we do. And I was that the night they were going to get married? Is yeah, that what it, it was? was after they got married because or... the fireworks were happening after they got married. And then it, yes. And then it was the, reception that happened did you notice when they were showing the fireworks from a distance that the castle looked like the disney castle oh, like the one in all the disney yeah. movies and and everything as like the intro or whatever i didn't notice the castle looked like it but the fireworks with the castle definitely gave yeah. me that impression i right. noticed part of the courtyard that looked like apple logos okay but that was a stretch and i'm not even going to admit that they were designed that way intentionally i just thought it they were at first then i looked closely and realized nope that's your geeky mind at work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then I looked closely and realized it wasn't even worth mentioning. <clears throat> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Too late now. <laughs> so Rumpelstiltskin shows up at the ball. Yeah. Yes. Looking really grayish. Yeah. Yeah, How did he get in? Dead. Exactly. I think he can go anywhere he wants. He goes poof. Well, until he's imprisoned. <laughs> he goes poof. Yes. He goes poof. He, um, yeah. he definitely looks better in the dark. And he doesn't yeah. even look good in the dark. He looks better <laughs> next to a fire. <laughs> <laughs> he looks better in a fire. I mean, he, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. He looked pretty gray and it looked like it was just because he was, you could see him clearly. Yeah. Um, everybody's there though. Snow White and well, James are there. Yeah. Or Prince Charming. Prince I was Charming. looking around and looking for potential um, <laughs> fairy tale characters mm-hmm. i did see someone who might have been the frog princess 
Really? <laughs> this being put on by Disney, and she's very recent, actually. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. anyone could look like the Frog Princess, really. <laughs> <laughs> so he tells her that his payment isn't due at the moment, but it's going to be her firstborn. Now, I really like how they're tying in two different fairy tales with this because we've got the Cinderella fairy tale and now we've got the Rumpelstiltskin fairy tale following it actually rather closely because the Rumpelstiltskin (laughs) fairy tale, well, somewhat closely, was that, let me read this from Wikipedia. In order to make himself appear more important, a miller lied to a king telling him that his daughter could spin straw into gold. The king (laughs) called for the girl, shut her in the tower with straw and a spinning wheel and And demanded that she spin the straw into gold by morning. Because she couldn't. So she tried doing this. Then Rumpelstiltskin comes and uh, he says that he can do this for her. So he does it for her. And each time he takes some kind of payment from her. After the third time and the last time she needed to do it, she didn't have anything left to give him. Mm. So then he says that the girl's firstborn child would become his. Then she the, agreed to it stupidly. Yeah. yeah. The king was so impressed by this, uh, the not the, the <laughs> contract, but the... What? The spinning of the gold. Yes, the spinning of the gold, that he married the miller's daughter. And when the child was born, then Rumpelstiltskin comes back to claim it. And the queen offered like wealth and everything that they had, but Rumpelstiltskin wanted only that baby. But then he said, well... If you can guess my name in three days, then uh, you can keep the baby. Who makes contracts when you don't know the person's name? <laughs> Good point. Rumpelstiltskin. So then someone goes, they spy on him. He's dancing around. He sings and he has his name and his song. Rumpelstiltskin is my name. Yeah, which that's <laughs> a ridiculous song. Around the, the fire that you're talking about, Jenny. Yes. He looks gold. So then when he comes back, the queen tells him his name. Rumpelstiltskin then, quote, ran away angrily and never came back. And there are several different endings to the story, some of them rather grotesque. Oh, <laughs> So you see how this ties in, at least somewhat, where Rumpelstiltskin is asking for her firstborn. I thought it was funny while you're we watching this and after we noticed that Rumpelstiltskin wanted her firstborn I can't remember if it was Jeremy or Dan that said, what is it with Rumpelstiltskin wanting kids? <laughs> exactly. That's what I wanted to ask is, why does he want kids? It was Dan. <laughs> hmm. Maybe uh, to work in the pawn shop? I don't know. <laughs> no, Rumpelstiltskin, not Mr. Gold. Uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Maybe he wants to build the next generation. <laughs> According to his own ideals? Mm. Well, even the old fairy tale doesn't actually say why he wanted the firstborn, except just that that was going to be his payment. He just likes, like that, I mean, what can you think of someone who has everything and then to request some one thing from them? I mean, the firstborn child is the ultimate thing that someone could give. Yeah. So I just think he just likes the power to take the most precious thing that likes to say the word precious yes uh from whoever he does a contract with so it's more the the cost of it to the person who's signing the contract that's important to him not 
right. the value of it to him. It's like a thief who's really good at what he does. He does it for the enjoyment, not even if he, you know, he's rich and he doesn't need that stuff. He does it because he's addicted to it and he wants to take from people. Mm. Hmm, that could be. So then he goes away. <laughs> kind Cinderella of flings her across the dance floor and goes away. <laughs> yeah. Cinderella is pregnant and she's trying to run away and she tells um after a jump forward in time presumably. Thomas. Yeah. Thomas uh and so they plot to figure out how they can get how they can make sure that uh, Rumpelstiltskin does not get the baby. I liked the whole thing though when um when she told him why she was leaving and about the deal that she made. Um, because he, I mean, it, it wasn't, it felt very balanced. He was upset. He, it didn't seem like he wasn't taking it hard enough, but he didn't respond in the cliched sort of, you know, he's just consumed with anger at her. He, he said, magic may have brought us together, but it didn't create this love. It's, you know, too often shows do things like, they're just like, so everything was a lie. I'm like, thank you for just not even going there. It, <laughs> you, if you know each other, you should know. No, it's not. However, she got to you. So he, he was upset and then he, you know, quickly forgave her, moved on. Yeah. And that ties into that Cinderella's original request wasn't that she wanted to fall in love with the prince. She just wanted to go to the ball. Right, that's true. So that's what he gave her. Her falling in love there was a benefit. True. You know, being the firstborn, that firstborn would have rights to the throne. So taking the firstborn could very well mean, for both Mm. of them, he wants to, like indwell his own doctrine and thinking and way of life and create his own kingdom to rule the throne yeah because that's i mean i was thinking firstborn oh first one most precious but the firstborn does have the power to take over the kingdom yes that's a good reason for the fairy tale world and we already sort of have a reason for storybrook he seems to perhaps not entirely legally but he seems to procure children for people who maybe can't have them or just want to adopt like he did getting Henry for Regina. Which Henry was, uh, Henry was the firstborn. That's true. Mm-hmm. Not of any, well, yeah. If you think Emma and then the snow white, I mean, still has royalty there. Hmm. He's <laughs> just a greedy man. <laughs> <laughs> but Cinderella just wanted to change her life. That was the main thing. And even going back to the beginning when she was telling Rumpelstiltskin this, he was just like, well, then change. Yeah. But she wanted the shortcut way, which cost a price because of Hmm. uh, using magic. So they have to then make a special prison to hold Rumpelstiltskin, and it's in mines. Did you catch that? Yeah. It's inside of mines. Um. Um, I don't remember who said it, but there was the statement that a lot of dwarf blood went into building the prison. Yeah. What was with that? A um, lot of hard work went into building it. Maybe, but were they inept? They kept dying? I don't <laughs> <laughs> I think they were just implying that it was really hard to build it. Or blood, sweat, and tears. Or maybe they made it out of dwarf bones. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Magical dwarf blood. Oh, sorry. Or, or maybe there was some battle among the dwarves. 
that they captured this mine. Or maybe Grumpy just said it because he's grumpy. (laughs) (laughs) Could have been. But they do say, while they're in the mines, they point out that um, you can't break Rumpelstiltskin's deals. And the only way that they could imprison him, though, was with magic. And he even Mm -hmm. said that to Cinderella. Yeah, he said that later Uh when I think he knew he was being set up. Do you think, too, if magic comes with a price, that he's... The, the price, the thing that you you lose because of using the magic is always being put on the people he does the contract with? Or do you think he's having an ultimate curse in the end because he's always using this magic? I think he's putting it on the people. And I mean, he uses a mag- magic a lot for yeah. someone who always says it comes with a price. Well, it might just be his greed. Like, he's making a price for his service. Because in the real fairy tales, magic doesn't cost anything. Like the fairy godmother. You just she shake doesn't... Tinkerbell and you get magic. <laughs> yeah. And the fairy godmother, had she been able to do her magic, she wouldn't, like in the, in the original story, she doesn't charge anything for Cinderella. True. But then they start to question, like you're raising here is the issue of, well, what about other magic or kind of the broad issue is they're making magic to capture him. And so Cinderella asks, well, won't this have a price? That's when Thomas says, I'll pay it. Whatever the price, uh-huh. I'll pay. I'll yes, do anything did. to keep you safe. And he ends up disappearing. Yes. So I wonder if that actually did bind him when he said that. Interesting. It, and then Rumpelstiltskin, does, he says that he's not at all attached to that happening, which is weird because... He's the one that he's like, he's the only mm. one who's charging price, a, a price for magic. Almost like he doesn't even fully know what the consequences are going to be. Just that magic has a price. Yes. Going back to that same scene, though, when they were in the dungeon getting ready to imprison him, James says Rumpelstiltskin is the most dangerous man in all the realms. Yeah. What about the queen? <laughs> Well, she's not a man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, it did imply that he's more dangerous than anyone else, which I think is starting to maybe come out. He's conniving in the in the whole story. Mm. He's devious. He seems like he has more. Like Regina might be holding them in Storybrook, but he seems more like he's the one actually doing stuff right now in Storybrook. Yeah. He uses people, so I mean, he's just he could just be using Regina to to take the blame for everything and to enact upon what he his ultimate goal is. Well, he has power over Regina in the modern world if he just says please. And the evil queen in the fairy tale world got the curse from Rumpelstiltskin. So perhaps he is much more powerful than the queen, implying that he wrote the curse. I think possibly. so. Yeah, possibly. Hmm. Or are we just going to find out that no curse can be written, but they always like, you know, exist from uh, a source beyond, or I don't know. <laughs> it's turtles all the way down. He knows a lot of. <laughs> he knows a lot about curses. Because remember when he was giving the curse, or or telling her how to perform the curse, or initiate the curse, whatever you want to put it. Um, 
he was telling her what she needed to know about it. Like he knew so much about it. Mm-hmm. Like he knows a lot about curses. Yeah. So then when they capture him, there was a interesting line because they used magic to capture him. And I think he knew he was being set up. He prepared, I mean, he had a grin on his face after he was immobilized. He knew, (laughs) I kind of, I felt like he tried to scare her out of it, and because she stood, Cinderella stood firm in what they were doing, I thought for a minute that he was convinced that it wasn't a trick. But then, I don't even know. It could be that, like we saw in the pilot episode, where they said he sees the future. He could just not even have cared. Maybe, like, he sees the future only when he's right in front of something that's relevant to the future. So, like, he could see the future when he saw the contract or when he saw the pen, but not until then. Although there were some hints, maybe, that some of his body language and such, that he knew he was being set up. I think he knew it. I mean, he knows that he'll... I mean, I think he knows he's he's going to try to escape or something, or he's going to now have her more obligated to give her um, give him her baby so he's willing to be caught in order to uh to get more plus i mean what's cinderella's uh prince name thomas thomas Thomas. he disappears i don't know i just jumped a bit but he does disappear it's like miss rumpelstiltskin has you know this other power outside even being caught so he's not really completely vulnerable and you notice that Cinderella came directly back to him for help when her Thomas went missing. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was significant. And also Cinderella grew up a little bit. She was finally the only one to sort of step back and question, should we even use magic? Mm-hmm. So she but if this also it. has a price, I know but she they felt like it, it was the only way. I wonder if there is a non magic way that just, no one's mentioned. Shoot them. Yeah, I was thinking of that. <laughs> Why don't you people have guns? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But as he is then now enchanted with the spell and he's frozen and his power impotent, he yells out a vow against Cinderella and her baby. No one breaks deals with me, dearie. Get off. Where you are, no matter what land you find yourself in, I assure you, I will have you, baby. Creepiest line in the entire <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> now let's look at let's consider the timeline here. If we look at things, this is the way. Uh, yeah, things go. So this is when. Rumpelstiltskin is put into the prison. In the pilot episode, Rumpelstiltskin is already in prison. So Cinderella's having the baby occurs before the curse is enacted. You think so? Yeah. Hmm. I guess. Wait, what? Yes. Cinderella's having the baby happens before the curse is enacted. Probably also before... But she's... She's still pregnant in Storybrooke. Yeah, well, that's that's part of the odd thing here. But um, I'm thinking probably even before the Queen came and announced the curse that Cinderella might have been pregnant. 
I mean, it might have Maybe. had the baby. I mean, it's... Snow White and Prince Charming looked like they were already married by the time right. that she got married. But they didn't... They went to Rumpelstiltskin right after they were married, and he was already in prison. So, and it was the day of the wedding that the queen said, this will be the last happy day of your life. Yeah. And everyone at Cinderella and Thomas's wedding looked pretty happy. So I think that moves it all before the queen announced her curse. So yeah, that's I'm weird. thinking Cinderella. Cinder- Cinderella. <laughs> now you're one of the mice from Cinderella. I'm thinking Cinderella had the baby before the curse was enacted. But then in Storybrooke, Ashley Boyd is still pregnant. Yes, she is. That's very strange. Huh. I'll have to so think about that timeline a little bit. If that's the case, then when Cinderella got married, then Snow White and and Prince Charming or James were, we're not, not together. Ma- we're, they were together, but not married. Right. We didn't know why he wanted the wand. But if he did not enact the curse or write the curse, or maybe it was written already, but I don't know. Did he need the wand to start something? The, the curse? Hmm. Well, <laughs> yes, I asked a good question, Daniel. <laughs> yes, that, that is a good question. Because from when he got that wand to when he was imprisoned, we could say it was probably at least nine months. Because the reason I'm saying that is um, when he got the wand was when Cinderella meets Thomas, the prince. Mm-hmm. So we assume there's some time from when they meet to when they get married. We'll be very conservative and say a month. And then at the ball, uh, the reception for the wedding, it was indicated that she didn't yet possess the baby, but that it would be coming. Right. Also think about this. The curse might have affected different people at different times because it took everyone's happy ending away, but it could have like reached back farther in some people's lives than in others. Hmm. I think maybe the curse was mainly kind of visualized though in that storm, but something to consider is that not everything the evil queen says actually happens the way she means for it to. So she says in the first episode, we see this is the last happy day of your lives. And then the second episode we see, yeah, I don't actually know how I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go find a curse and get it back. And then we have to do this. And then, Oh, here it goes. Oh, the heart of my prize deed wasn't enough. However, <laughs> when she did say, you know, enjoy that hot chocolate, it did spill all over Emma. But that was in story. <laughs> yeah. yeah but Whoa. I, I just felt a curse powers. jump. <laughs> so, they could have been just a kind of glitch in the writers, or it could be something yeah, intentional where it goes back yeah, a little the, bit I'd, for the people. I'd say the timeline was messed up just a little bit. Tying past. a little bit more on the last bit when Thomas disappeared. Yeah. We kind of already covered that, I guess, but Rumpelstiltskin just reiterated. Well, I, I think it's mainly the one quote that I wanted to bring up. He said, in this world or the next, I will have that baby. Yeah. Mm. And... You know, saying basically that she wouldn't see Thomas again until he had the baby. But in Storybrooke, it looks as if he's not going to get the baby. 
So then now let's look at the Storybrooke side of things. Mr. Gold, formerly Rumpelstiltskin, is still after the baby. But there is this girl, Ashley, that uh, Emma meets her. She bears a striking resemblance to Cinderella. (laughs) (laughs) You look like that girl I read about. (laughs) But uh, there's, there's a spot where they meet and Emma learns that Ashley is pregnant and Ashley is so distraught about this. And she's mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to give up the baby. I, I can't do this. Everyone's telling me I can't do this. Then Emma gives this challenge, this really moving challenge, which I love. Speech. <laughs> People are going to tell you who you are your whole life. You just got to punch back and say, no, this is who I am. You want people to look at you differently? Make them. If you want to change things, you're going to have to go out there and change them yourself because there are no fairy godmothers in this world. <laughs> in this world. But there were in the other. Until Rumpelstiltskin. Boom. <laughs> That's why there are no fairy godmothers <laughs> in this world. <laughs> that theme is what um, made me... I said in the beginning that I didn't like this episode as well as some others, but this particular theme I really did like. The idea of not letting what other people think affect mm-hmm. what changes you're going to make in your life or or your own belief that you can make changes in your life. It's great too that she came um that she's giving this advice to you said Ashley is yes. her short Ashley birth? Okay. Board. Because right before that Regina, do you remember the conversation that she had with her? Um Regina mm-hmm. says to her, you know, in order for something to grow, it needs roots. And then people don't change, they just fool themselves into believing they can. Yeah. And it definitely it sounds like actually Regina is speaking of herself too, like trying to point it at Emma. But I mean, hmm. deep down inside, she still has the empty hole that Maleficent mentioned that she would always we'll have that would never be, be filled. filled. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I love how Emma just got told this by Regina, you know, you're not going to change, you're not going to change. And then she totally flips that and gives someone else the advice. Um, <laughs> really, you know, completely different than what Regina said. So I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that quote. And at the beginning of that scene, it was almost like Emma was completely distracted. She see, she sees that Ashley's pregnant. She just goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just kind of given the, uh, yeah, whatever answers until they get they hit that point in the conversation and Emma just starts cranking it up with all the stuff that she's realizing. Yeah, don't make the same mistake I made. Yeah, exactly. And that comes up again later when uh, then Ashley is about to deliver the baby and Emma and Ashley and Henry are in the car and Emma is like, you, you got to choose. You, you got to choose to either have this baby and keep it or give it its best chance by giving it to someone who is mm-hmm. prepared for it. But once you choose, you can't go back on that. Or she was saying, if you choose to keep it, you can't leave. You can never leave. Mm-hmm. They, they do tie this theme in of change. That's kind of the two themes of this episode are change you can make a change and magic has a cost mm-hmm. has a price i think in fairy tale land we see that cinderella thinks she can't change herself right in modern day storybrook ashley does believe she can change herself because of what emma said hmm. right so she is flipping everything around and now stepping back just a little bit there was a, a small little thing a couple little details i caught in these opening scenes of modern day storybrook is one i noticed we've talked about the 
the clock tower is built on top of a library and it's all boarded up and it has newspapers on the windows. Well, as Emma and Henry are walking down the sidewalk, I notice the door to the library is ajar. Right. As if maybe mm. someone is coming and going. And it looked almost, there was a guy who walked by and it looked almost like he went in there, but it was hard to see. Yeah. And then, Dan, you thought this was a stretch. I thought it was still the same building as they kept walking. The windows were still boarded up, but there was another door and it was open too. And there was a woman on the sidewalk sweeping. I think that might have just been a store. Okay. Next it might have been. I also thought stores. it was the same building. I said they're all just a bunch of extras. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know why you'd be sweeping around. It depends on what that building was. Because if it was still the library and there's somebody sweeping the sidewalk, who sweeps the sidewalk outside of a building that they don't have some some work to do yeah. inside? In which case, does that mean they're hinting that the library is being reopened? They're not making a huge deal out of it. Maybe in a later episode, we're going to see like some, hey, they reopened the library. Either thing. that or they just want to keep story broke looking nice they better not do that oh by the way the library is open oh yay and you know (laughs) well i mean it would have a bigger point like (laughs) maybe it was closed while time was frozen and now that emma's there and things are moving again maybe that's why it's opening up because the curse is in the slow process of being broken and let's not skip over the hot chocolate incident yeah Yeah, i the one where she spills it uh-huh. yeah because i had brought that up earlier but i definitely think that gave i took it as it gave a hint that regina has some little power because like enjoy that hot chocolate i don't know <laughs> i think it's a coincidence i yeah. think it's hard I, it's hard for me to think that regina has any magical abilities in tv and shows Storybrooke. there are no coincidences it may just mean the writers <laughs> had the magical power to get emma into the laundry room to meet ashley I think it was just enough to... Hey, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I think it was just, like, enough to get you go to, like, gasp and wonder. But, yeah, it did also lead her into the laundry room with Ashley. It's a Which, very good point. it's Cinderella. She's been cleaning all her life in her past life. How did she not know to use bleach on those pink sheets? Or to not wash them with something red? Oh, another good point. Uh, no wonder her stepsisters hated that was her. the point. <laughs> Um, if you think about it, Ashley's been pregnant for 10 years now. Or at or least no. 10. Uh, 28 years. 28 years. That's a long time to be pregnant. Or, well, we theorized 28 years. Because Emma was just a baby when this whole Storybrooke thing came to be. Mm-hmm. And if Ashley was pregnant then, which she was at the end of the story, the fairy tale story. Right before. Yeah. So that's a long time to be pregnant. It's all confusing me because Henry grew up. Well, but he wasn't part of the curse. But you would think that people would notice that nothing was changing for them while this boy was growing up in town. But you would also think that they wouldn't be fairy tale characters and not remembering who they are. (laughs) So I don't know what to think about the whole time standing. You know, Storybrooke actually doesn't have to be along the same timeline as Emma. Because Emma got to the modern world through a completely different means than everyone else did. She was dumped on the side of a freeway. <laughs> yeah, because she went through that tree. But everyone else got thrown to the modern world because of the curse. Wardrobe. Yeah. Made so, from a tree. <laughs> a magical tree. So I'm thinking Storybrooke could have existed for like eight, nine, ten years because Henry grew up there. Or it could have been longer. 
So it doesn't, I don't think we have to say that Storybrooke started when Emma came into the world. So we can't necessarily say Storybrooke is 28 years old. Okay, maybe not, but it's at least 10. Yes, or somewhere around there. Oh, and you never, oh, I just thought about this. It never says at what age Henry was brought into Storybrooke. Exactly. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Around it could I mean, be he around could have, 10. He could have been brought to Regina when he was 10. No, because she said she changed every diaper. Oh, yeah. good point. Uh, so, But also, she said she tended that tree since she was a little girl. That's true. That could be a lie. <laughs> that could be. So it might not be true. So she might not have done the diapers either. <laughs> could be. Well, no, I mean, the evil, queen, the, diapers. the evil queen had to grow up. At some point in the fairy tale land, and maybe her tree just came with her to Storybrooke. <laughs> I want to know if the writers think this hard. <laughs> That's they laugh at us. If we're following all the pattern of lost fan podcasts, then no, they <laughs> might not to have. us. They're like, man, those guys know more about the story than we do. <laughs> hey, we'll be happy to help you write some of it, maybe. Just give me the contract. <laughs> <laughs> so Ashley has agreed to essentially sell the baby to again mr gold it's the same situation as was before where rumpelstiltskin wanted the firstborn here mr gold wants the firstborn now especially in modern world why does mr gold want the firstborn so much because he's so adamant that he won't break the deal unless he plans on bringing them back that's a possibility and finish what he started. Unless he really doesn't remember who he is and he's just running this illicit adoption agency service thing. Yeah, you have to remember what um, Sean's dad said to Emma. That uh, that he was going to Mr. Gold's going to find a good home yeah. for the baby. Mm-hmm. Or so he's been led to think yeah maybe. well he did for henry sort yeah, of true. not a good home but a home did you notice <laughs> the things that are inside of mr gold's antique shop he has a pawn shop and he the sign says mr gold's pawn shop and antique dealer the glass unicorns yeah those were same ones dangling above emma's cradle in oh, the first episode, I had noticed that. I, I think they were pink, <laughs> not really fluffy. But uh. oh no! <laughs> I also um, was looking very closely at things, and a couple things that people might have noticed uh, because the camera focused on it. It didn't quite freeze on it like it did with the unicorns, but it did focus on it for a moment. Was there were two uh, dolls, like um, scary dolls, dummy-looking dolls yeah look kind of scary they look too. like the head had like they like they were shrink shrunken heads like the head hunters and you know you see yeah. the nasty <laughs> shrunk brown heads. skeletal kind of looking dolls but another thing i saw is in one of the frames when ashley is outside of the pawn shop and she's about to break in the camera is panning along from the inside looking out the windows there's a spot where i saw a mini mouse doll Inside the pawn shop. No there too, because I haven't mentioned it yet, but I told you <laughs> I was going to put it in the blog. In the pilot episode, I spot a Minnie Mouse doll. Where? In Emma's bedroom. After Prince Charming gets hurt and uh, the queen goes in there, you see next to this line or so, I'll, I'll put those screenshots up, you see a Minnie Mouse doll. 
And I love that because ABC is owned by Disney. And I think we should count how many Minnie Mouse dolls we find in these episodes. <laughs> or or keep track of what number episodes they appear in. Maybe Minnie Mouse is like the observer in Fringe. <laughs> Maybe she's, she's the inventor of the curse. <laughs> oh my. She's somewhere in every episode. You just have to spot her. I didn't notice what picture it was that um, Ashley moved. Like the safe was in front of. Did you get a screenshot of that? They all have a screenshot in the show notes. That um, might be significant. Nothing about the pictures really stood out to me. I, I, there's probably something hidden with them besides the fact that there's a safe behind one of them. <laughs> oh, and how did she know what picture to shake? Maybe that's she saw him put the contract in there when she originally did Maybe. it. She was Mr. Gold's maid. Oh, oh uh, I missed that. Yeah. I did too. Well, he me too. He's rich, too. so he would. Yeah, makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't catch besides the paintings, which there could be something there. I didn't really catch anything else that was uh, of interest. There are plenty of other things, like when Mister Gold gets sprayed with the pepper spray, he falls over, knocks a chessboard, the chess piece falls off, and they're like gold and black chess pieces. That we might see that. I'm thinking, or might have already seen it in Fairy Tale Land. Chess is a very popular theme for villains. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and also then when Mister Gold falls, there are some pots, or not pots, but like porcelain uh, cookware or bowl things behind his head on okay. a shelf. And I just wonder, might we have already seen that, or are we going to see that somewhere? Just totally thrown in, interesting, hidden. Using the prop. <laughs> I was going to say either intentionally or unintentionally. We may well see them again. <laughs> Emma goes through this whole ordeal to try and find Ashley. Well, if we can back up to when he actually hired Emma. Yeah. Mr. Gold She's... hired. It seemed like he, like he's, he's saying she was just, she was going on about changing her life. I wonder where she got that idea. I was like, how did he know that? Because it seems like he knows and he's just manipulating her into doing it. Yeah. And well, she, at, at this point, she's moving into Mary Margaret's place. And I thought it was funny that right. she'd had so little stuff. Ashley, I think everybody did. Ashley did say to Mr. Gold that she wanted to change her life. But she wasn't going on about it. Right. But I mean, how did he know who had given her that idea? Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah. And, and there, there's the whole thing, which is important. I, I mean, in this in the theme of Emma not having put down roots anywhere. She really didn't have anything. She said she's not sentimental. Um, But once she agrees to go find Ashley, she has this exchange with Henry. I love all their exchanges pretty much. They're kind of hilarious together, but she's trying to convince Henry that that he can't go. And she's telling him how dangerous it is. And he's, she says she assaulted Mr. Gold. And Henry says, cool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then there was the whole i'm just trying to spend time with you thing which then he had to get to go with her well here's a thought what if mr gold can still see the future mm-hmm. i was thinking that same thing because when he locked the might have avoided the pepper spray better <laughs> <laughs> when he locked the pawn shop door he paused for a moment as if he knew something or heard something hmm. but ashley was a far off by the way you meant are you going to talk about the alarm the, yeah you mentioned this the pawn <laughs> shop has an alarm system that he why wouldn't apparently it? didn't turn on 
But when he closes the door, you can see a couple stickers on the door. And one of them is the sticker that like alarm system places put on the door that says uh, there's an alarm system here. <laughs> or maybe the business that formerly occupied the set they use had an alarm. They didn't remove the sticker. <laughs> but that, that leads to a couple conclusions. It's either he wanted to get caught and he wanted her to run off so that, you know, he could try to make it more, have a better chance of getting this child. Or, I mean, could he have possibly showed just a little bit of, um, a little bit of compassion almost like he was trying to help her. Or maybe he jumped at the chance to make a deal with Enma. So maybe he foresaw that in some way that uh, he was going to have this chance to forge some kind of deal. Greedy, greedy, greedy. What I was thinking is this whole thing was planned to, you know, call that deal off in order to get Emma, in order to get Henry. Hmm. Like he brings Henry to Storybrooke. He has Regina raise him. So trying hopefully to have Henry with this thinking of he is, you know, part of this town, you know, there's nothing else. Take him out of the other world to um, to get him to think that this is all there is in order to train him and get Emma to come over here in order to make the deal with Emma to get Henry. And that's what his ultimate goal was this entire time, just to get Henry, which goes right back into, you know, Prince Charming and Snow White. I uh, just couldn't them. wait. <laughs> That's what I was going to say too. Yes, I know it's what you're going to say, but Jenny <laughs> got me on it. Sorry. <laughs> that means that means we're all right. We just couldn't hold it back. It must be true. <laughs> well, good job. Emma does now owe Rumpelstiltskin or Mr. Gold a favor because uh, that was part of their deal is how Mr. Gold would let Ashley keep the baby. I thought it was really funny that uh, Henry did not know who Mr. Gold was in Fairytale World. Yeah. He was like, yeah. I'm still trying to figure it out. But when he did see, when he came over and he's like, hey, Emma, you know, he's like, oh, when he saw Mr. Gold. Yeah. He definitely seemed like, I don't like you. <laughs> no one in town does, I True. think. True. I mean, well, he does have connections with Regina and he's thinking, oh, now my mom's going to find out I'm not really home when I said I was. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if there's something more where he is, he is figuring it out. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. he wouldn't have to know Mr. Gold, kind of, because Mr. Gold brought him to Regina. Before, when he was in well, diapers. Yeah. Oh, right. You have to remember the diapers. I remember, remember the diapers. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about some of the, the side things that happened along with this. At the beginning, we see that Sheriff Graham comes up to Emma and offers her a job. And there was something really interesting here that I'm wondering if it could hint toward Sheriff Graham's identity. I've got a job. I could use a deputy. Thank you, but I have a job. As a bail bonds person, there's not much of that going on here. I don't see a lot of sheriffing going on around here either. Well, here's your chance to see it up close. There's dental. That's a cute line. There's dental. But as soon as he said that, my first time watching this episode, <laughs> I immediately thought, my, what big teeth you have, Grandma. Yeah, and he even said that <laughs> while we were watching it. Figured that out as you were saying it. Yeah. Oh, my. So, I immediately thought, there's dental. Then why is it Mr. Gold jumping on that opportunity? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> He's got like two gold teeth. I and- think he likes his gold teeth. Uh, True. 
Well, his teeth look a lot better than they did in story, like fairy story land. Yeah. <laughs> Skin too. His, yeah. Mary Kay has done wonders for him. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that makes me wonder, is Sheriff Graham a wolf? That's what I said mm. after the first episode or two. I said he was giving me kind of a wolf vibe. <laughs> and maybe it's the did. beard. I told you like the wolf was there, stopped Emma. And next thing you know, he had put her in prison. Yeah. Put her in the little cell. I thought he was the wolf from that first time. Was that the first episode? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then it was the second or no, the third episode when they were out in the woods and he said something about. This is my uh, world. Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And then I can only tell you what I see or something he said when he was hunting James in the woods. So he's like <laughs> searching well, for searching. <laughs> Speaking of wolves, Ruby has a wolf thing, as she calls it, yeah. in her car. <laughs> yes, she does. It's good luck. Also pink and not fluffy. No, oh, no, no. Like it red. is red. It's red because everything with well, her is red. Crystal with redness kind of on the bottom. We could go a lot of ways with this too. Like I, I noticed in the first episode that she, you actually do get a glimpse of her original story, uh, fairy. Yeah, yes, her I saw character, and she's talking about Red Riding Hood, right? Yes. Sorry, Red Riding Hood, and she is dressed in this wool, this belt, very eloquent. Looks like she has a purpose, and she's determined to help. Very woodsy. Wonder if she's a wolf hunter, <laughs> huntress. Maybe she huntress, is yes. now. Maybe Ooh. trying to. That's why she her wants to go to Boston study wolf hunting because all the werewolves go to Boston. <laughs> what is it with Boston? <laughs> it's close. They're since in Maine, True. remember. So Boston is four hours away, apparently. And it's the the next closest cursed city that they have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got further confirmation that they really can't leave Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. And then some uh, stuff that I'll buy for now, but sounded almost a little bit, hey, let's fix some plot holes. <laughs> Henry really? says... I could leave Storybrooke because I'm 10 and I have no choice but to return. Yeah, here, and... I've got that clip. Oh, okay. Play it? You know, Emma, you're different. What's that? You're the only one who can do it. Break the curse? Yes, I know you keep telling me that. No. Leave. You're the only one who can leave Storybrooke. You left and came and found me in Boston. But I came back. I'm 10. I had no choice. But if anyone else tried to go, bad things would happen. Anyone except me. You're the savior. You can do whatever you want. You can go. Okay, I'll take back what I said. Not so much fixing plot holes as emphasizing that she doesn't have to stay. Mm -hmm. And... So she's had that choice through the whole episode of whether to go, whether to stay. Yeah. I still think Henry could leave being the son of Emma. And maybe that's a reason why Mr. Gold wants Henry too, so that he can leave. But then mm. we also wondered how Mr. Gold was able to get Henry in the first place, unless he just made some phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to mention this while we were talking about Fairytale Land. One thing that Cinderella said about Rumpelstiltskin was, how will we get him down here? He's eluded all of forever. I just thought that was kind of perplexing. Hmm. All of forever? All of forever. He's mm-hmm. eluded all forever. All of forever. Huh. That's exactly what she said. I have to hear that quote <laughs> now. 
Well, then Emma decides that she's going to take this job as the deputy, and uh, this she asks this. Regina, going to be okay with this? I don't care. It's my department. I'll see you Monday morning. So the sheriff is hiring Emma despite whatever Regina might want or not want. Right. But the sheriff <laughs> but is in bed with I was Regina. Say, but he's leaving his socks under the Literally. Bed. Yeah. <laughs> How did they get there? We don't know. <laughs> and I I wonder how much that is a willful relationship between the two of them or if there is this hidden tension because of the sheriff graham um, mentioning this he said that's my department i'll take care of it maybe he's trying to circumvent regina or maybe he's tired of regina in some way when regina gave this lie about going to city council she said it she doesn't enjoy it i know you think otherwise but I don't enjoy these Saturday city council meetings. Sometimes they're just unavoidable. I think she's just laying it on thick. I think so too. I think she's just covering herself with lipstick. Yeah, with lipstick. she was. <laughs> yeah. It just occurred to me that those meetings are every Saturday. Creepy. Yeah. Who has meetings on Saturdays? But it was. It was Regina. Yeah. <laughs> and Sheriff Graham. <laughs> but it was right after this rendezvous, just before Sheriff Graham picks up his socks from under the bed, that he's on the phone with um, Emma. Emma. Yeah. And then he picks up his socks. And you, and you put two and two together. It's like, <gasps> no. By the way, another two. I was and like two, that anyway. Just like that, too. <laughs> Good job, Jenny. A painting that we see in the room. Remember how. I can't remember which episode of our episodes I've mentioned it, but we see a ship painting in Emma's room at Granny's. Mm -hmm. Well, in this episode, in this rendezvous room, there is that same picture reflected in a mirror next to her bathroom door. Now, it's not the same position as Emma's room, but then if you take note of the room... It's the same design, same decor, same, same bedspread, yeah. just rearranged. Which different yeah. color sheets too? Okay, wait, we, we wow. never noticed the sheets. I, yeah, I, I did in comparing screenshots <laughs> with each other. Uh, which but Emma never had her bed pulled down, just slightly enough that we could see the color of the sheets. Oh, oh wow! Oh wow! When, you were really, when she was when really she was looking. studying the notes on top of the bed. Okay. <laughs> I believe you. Um, Daniel wins the OCD award. (laughs) (laughs) That was amazing. Uh, Uh, Basically, we believe they're at Granny's, which mm -hmm. that's a hotel. Have some principles. (laughs) Don't let them come there. I don't know. Actually, Regina's the mayor, so she can pretty much do what she wants. Maybe that's part of why Granny said it was awkward to have to ask Emma to leave. I doubt it. Maybe she didn't want Regina. She's just a nice person. Maybe a little too nice. (sighs) Maybe a little too accommodating. Wait, why is why is there a rule that Emma can't stay at that place because of felons, but she can become you know working with the sheriff? When she has a felon. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Who put that together? <laughs> Sheriff good Graham. Point. Maybe it's a rule in the hotel because if you've broken the rule, 
Oh, hang on. Regina back did up. it. Then bad city Regina doesn't want felons in the same hotel. She can just say, but, it's a city ordinance that no felon can be in law enforcement. So one thing that was odd that had been noted in an article I read was that we're not supposed to have happy endings in Storybrooke. Those were supposed to be in fairy tale world. But mm-hmm. for Cinderella, she lost Thomas. But in Storybrooke, they end up back together. Well, so that's Emma. Yes, it seems inconsistent. So one of the things that I noticed in reading an article about this episode is that it was pointed out that we had the happy ending in Storybrooke, but the opposite in fairy tale world where Cinderella loses Thomas, but she's reunited with him in Storybrooke, which is technically not the way it's supposed to happen. But my thought as we've been recording this is, is that because her debt now transferred somehow to Storybrooke and now it's been fulfilled because it transferred to Emma. So mm. now she gets to be with Thomas again. He didn't get the baby, but he got that debt transferred. So mm. I don't know. Maybe the debts are transferring, you would assume, because nobody a verbal, breaks a deal. Verbal agreement. Yes. Yeah. He didn't write another contract. That's but true. No that hands were shaking either. Why would... Yeah, the whole favor thing gets me a little nervous because, like, what is he going to ask? I think that's why he left it so wide open like that. He knows, I think he knows what he'll want, maybe, maybe not. And Emma thinks she can just say no, but, you know, it works differently when you're dealing with Mr. Gold. (laughs) She can run away because she's the only one who can leave. (laughs) A favor (laughs) is very, very broad. What you're saying, Jeremy, is tying into that Emma is bringing happy endings back Mm -hmm. to storybrook no one else has had a happy ending except regina until emma came true have we seen others not yet i don't think so i think we'll i'm guessing we're gonna see them every couple of episodes some kind of thing sorry emma emma herself was like a happy ending she was alone at the very beginning you know it seemed like she didn't like her job and then henry shows up after making the wish Mm -hmm. so this is almost her complete change from like her world before well we saw prince charming or david wake up yeah that was good and the possibility of maybe mary margaret and david connecting but yet then there's david's wife which wife kind of gets in the way i don't like her of that situation what's her name again Uh, mrs perky she's always happy (laughs) and I can't remember her name. But I don't like her, so I didn't really memorize it. <laughs> the nag with the bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Only and now in Storybrooke, she has a good attitude. How about last thing as we're uh, wrapping up? How about lost references in this? I saw... <laughs> Jenny, plug your ears. I saw here and there... Well, we can't explain them. Some mm. numbers randomly, oh. but you're saying there are more. Oh, there are. Okay. Please oh. tell. Regina says to Emma, what, what did she say? She mentions Tallahassee. What was so special about Tallahassee when she's talking yeah. about how many times she'd moved? Tallahassee was just sort of a running joke in Lost because, I mean, everything's oh. connected in Lost. And a lot of people had spent time in Tallahassee and Lost. And that was a sort of a writer's joke after a while. Oh. There, was, there was the naming of Ella, I mean, Cinderella slash Ashley's baby. Alexandra. Being, Alexandra. That's... Mm-hmm. That uh, ties Alex, in with a lost yeah. thing. I I found the scene where Thomas ran to the well in the woods and then disappeared, reminiscent of something that happened at least once in Lost. It's mm. I, I don't know, just sort of a 
I don't know, kind of a callback, sort of a feel to it. And finally, <laughs> the name of, I mean, you've got, especially in Storybrooke, it was more reminiscent. You have Ashley and she's pregnant. She has this baby and the baby's father's name is Thomas, which is the name of Claire's baby's father. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> which is very obscure, but... Oh, that's true. <laughs> I did forget that. One other thing that um not too sure about here, but the picture of the, the well that uh, Thomas goes toward to get water for Cinderella, I wonder, is that the same well or the same prop used hmm. also in Lost when there was that one well in Lost? I mean, I guess they could have added something to the top of it. Yeah. Otherwise, no. I mean, it's it's a well. How I think it was smaller. Wells have to look. Well. <laughs> oh, oh my. Good. Any any other lost references? No, just the numbers kind of... randomly. But I mean, I have become obsessive compulsive with looking for numbers. <laughs> like a J and a six next to each other might be a sixteen. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I did say that to you. I'm like, okay, I'm going too far. I don't yeah. know. Maybe they. Did do it a purpose, but yeah, yeah. we were freeze framing <laughs> on every license plate, trying to read it. Like for, I say the curse is that we look too hard for everything. <laughs> That's the curse that yes. we've adopted. <laughs> yes. Oh, great, listeners! We would love to hear your feedback on this episode, "The Price of Gold." You can call into our phone number at nine zero three two three one two 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 one, or you can email us either a written message or if you have the ability to record a message like your iPhone voice memo app or Android phone uh, voice recording app or anything, if you got your own podcast studio and want to send us your feedback, you can also email that. So written or audio feedback can be emailed to feedback at oncepodcast.com. And our show notes for this episode, including some of these screenshots or that we've mentioned will be over at oncepodcast.com slash four. Make sure that you check out the website, subscribe to us on iTunes if you aren't already subscribed. And especially if you enjoy the podca- podcast, <laughs> please leave a review for us. And that helps out a lot, preferably a five-star review, but you're free to do whatever you want with it. Be sure that you're also following the website, oncepodcast.com, as we have a blog over there where all of us are blogging things as we notice it and things relating to current episodes, past episodes. You can look for some things there and find all sorts of screenshots or just random thoughts and theories and also some pages that we'll be adding to the blog to kind of summarize some of our theories of what's going on or certain characters and whatever. So make sure that you check out all of that over at oncepodcast.com slash four for this episode or just oncepodcast.com for everything else. Be sure that you follow us on Twitter. We've got the show is on Twitter at oncepodcast. You can follow me on Twitter at the ramen noodle. Follow me at Twitter at Dan Flynn design on Twitter. I'm Fleegon P H L E G O N. And I'm Jenny's Nook. So I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Dan Flynn. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Jenny. Although magic might have brought us together, remember (laughs) that it didn't create this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening.
Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our great podcasts like this one at noodle.mx.